0: Okay, so welcome to the first episode of Inside IALR, our new bi-weekly podcast for the Institute for Advanced Learning and Research. I'm Caleb Ayers, I'll generally be hosting the show and we'll also have Daniel Dalton as our producer and sometimes we'll we'll be co-hosting as well. Um, so really just, you know, short overview of why we're starting a podcast, you know, wanted to provide a more in-depth look at some of our programs, some of our initiatives, and, and really introduce the people and the partners that help make that happen and and show why the work that we do is important and and benefits Southern Virginia. And ultimately, our impact goes beyond that. So just wanted to be able to show some of that. Um, So first, we have our president, Telly Tucker, as our guest today. Uh, Telly joined the Institute a little over a year ago. So, Telly, I'm just going to open it up to you and ask,
1: you know, if you can introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thank you, Caleb, for the opportunity. Um, Telly Tucker, president of the Institute for Advanced Learning and Research. Uh, I joined the institute on May 31st of 2022. So officially, uh, one year and two weeks, not that I'm counting. Um, uh, but no, I, I, uh, I'm a native of Lynchburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up, attended public school, went to James Madison University, studied international business and Spanish. Um, really didn't understand what I wanted to do when I got out of school with a business degree. Um, but I taught school for three years as, as part of, um, my Spanish minor, and uh, taught middle school. And uh, during one of those summers, I volunteered as a camp counselor at an entrepreneur's camp for middle school students. And that camp was put on by an economic development team there in Lynchburg. Mm-hmm. And so that was my intro to economic development. 20 years later, I've had a you know 20-plus year career in, in, as a public servant, both in education, um, economic development, and uh, workforce development mm-hmm. and now here as the leader of the Institute of higher ed center, which um, really kind of marries many of those different areas of my background, which um, was, it was, it was ironic, I guess. And um, if you're a person of faith, you might say it was, it was uh, uh, a bit of foreshadowing or, or a sign from God that maybe this was the right opportunity for me because all these different experiences, professional experiences I've had in my life, um, kind of have all come back home to roost, so to speak, um, in this role leading the Institute. Right. You
0: worked with the city of Danville on their economic development team for a while, and then also in Arlington before, before coming back here. And then, I mean, as a teacher, uh, as you said, all of that experience kind of comes together here.
1: Yeah. I, um, you know, my parents were educators. I have a grandfather who was a, was a principal. So education was always a big part of, um, my upbringing, mm-hmm. understanding the importance of of educating, but but as I got in economic development, I understood the the connection between the parallels between. Um, education and education being a part of economic development mm. and education comes in many forms. So the, the training, the workforce training, the skill development, that's all a part of education too. A lot of times mm. w- we may not think of that as education in the traditional sense, but it truly is. It's a part of um, how we learn and apply learning through training, through hands on training. It's a big part of our education. It's how we, how we grow skills and develop skills that we maybe didn't have. Um, And it's not all just the hard skills. It's the soft skills, too, um, that come along with that. So you're right. um, I I spent um, about five and a half years as the director of economic development for the city of Danville, um, during which time I worked very closely with our workforce development partners, Danville Community College, Mm -hmm. uh, the institute during that time to help shape some of the programs that we, we actually administer today. And so, um, having that experience, even though when I when I left in um, at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I went to Arlington to lead the economic development team there. Um, it's still each one of those experiences that I've had, even in, in Danville and and elsewhere in the state, have helped shape my career. It has provided me knowledge that I would wouldn't have ordinarily gotten had I not had that experience. And the two and a half years that I spent in Arlington did the same. Um, it helped me grow. It helped challenge me, develop me in, in areas um, that. Even now, leading a team here of, what, 63 employees and counting, um, is actually um, serving me well in this role. So every position I've had, every experience I've had, the projects that I've worked on, has prepared me for where I am today.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um And I know, I mean, we're, we're throwing around these words like, you know, economic development, workforce development. Those are, those are terms that we're, as this podcast goes on, we're going to dig more and more into what those terms mean, what that looks like for us, you know, how, how we invest into those things. But right now I really just want to get to the sort of high level overview of what we do um, and, and start with our mission statement, which I'm just, I'm just going to say it. And then I'm going to have you sort of open that up to you to sort of break that down and what that really means. The Institute for Advanced Learning and Research is a regional catalyst for economic transformation. Um, this mission will be applied through applied research, advanced learning, economic development, manufacturing advancement, and conferencing services. So that's, that's our overarching mission. And now I'm just going to sort of open that up for you to, to explain, you know, what does that really mean and how, how do we carry that out?
1: Sure. And so if you, if you ask people, 10 different people, Um, what it means to be a catalyst for regional economic transformation, you you might get to different answers. But um, I will say, for me, when I think about a catalyst, right, something that's a driver, something that um, causes something else to happen, Um, I I think about our role as the institute. Our role is not to compete with any of our existing entities in the community, um, but to be a complement, to fill gaps in areas where we've identified, hey, there's nobody playing a role to be really helpful to the community, um, to for somebody to to provide this service or provide this opportunity, because it's a it's an area that's currently not being met by some of the other organizations or entities that we have in the region. Um, the The economic transformation part really stems from trying to build rebuild a regional economy, an economy that once was. Was thriving um, and and was an economic engine for the Commonwealth of Virginia. Um, that through the loss of, of legacy industries, textile, tobacco, furniture in the in the larger region, um, this region has gone through rough economic times. Um, but it's so rewarding to be a part of of a region who's now rebuilding and to have the assets, the resources. Um, under this roof and on our campus as the Institute to be part of what's driving that economic transformation. And so we think about every program that we do, uh, every um, department, every division here at the Institute, we look at our programs to say, are we actually impacting the region from an economic standpoint? Um, and that can be everything from exposure to training, direct um you know whether we are talking about Go Tech programs and in, in, that start in middle school for young people to get exposure to hands-on applied learning, engineering, advanced manufacturing, healthcare back uh, backgrounds and, and fields very early on. Um, or whether we're talking about the student who's in high school at the at the uh Piedmont Governor School or the Academy for Engineering Technology or whether we're talking about the student who's in a short term training for for accelerated training in defense manufacturing ATDM or the student who's a four year engineering student that might be wanting to pursue a degree um a manufacturing engineering degree through ODU all of those things directly tie back to the mission of Providing an opportunity for economic transformation for for the residents in our larger region, and we serve eight localities in this region. Um, another part that often goes maybe um, unheard of or unseen is uh, the work that our advanced learning team is doing with um, in the healthcare. Uh, um, we're we're part of a regional health collaborative where we recognize connecting people with with. Um, resources to improve their health health is a part of economic transformation. Because if you're not having positive health outcomes in your community, in your region, you can't very well focus on better employment opportunities, better economic outcomes. Because if we think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, one of the first things we have to, to satisfy is our physiological needs, a roof over our head, food to eat, basic health, right? Some of the things that 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 allow us to be able to focus on, um, some of those higher levels of, of, um, attainment in, in terms of your, uh, phys- physiological needs and, and beyond, um, we have to be able to satisfy those first. And so that's, that's a part of economic transformation too. Um, and so we're, we're doing that here on our roof. Um, many, many people who come into the Institute's doors may not actually realize what's happening in our doors, um but each one of our teams really does have a myriad of programs um, that are driving at the heart of that economic transformation right no, and I mean I you know formerly worked as a reporter and then you know working working
0: in local government in the area I mean, I knew about the institute I came here for events and stuff I knew uh, so little about what actually went on here, and the more that I've worked here, the more that I've seen there are so many different programs, so many different focus areas, but as you said, it all ties back to that idea of. How do we how do we grow the economy? How do we transform the economy and, and improve the economic outlook for everyone here, a, as well as make it more attractive for for more people to come here? So yeah, that that was a very very good explanation of you know high level what we do, and we and as this podcast goes on, we will continue to get into I guess more more detail about you know what some of those programs are. You know, you mentioned GoTech, ATDM. I'm sure those those we'll we'll talk about those very soon. And, and you mentioned you know us starting as tobacco, textiles, furnitures were sort of falling. And, and this was sort of a way to, as you said, you know, tra- transform the economy. So, I would, I wanted to just open it up to you to tell us a little bit more about the history of IALR. I know you've only, you know, been here as president for a year, but, you know, been in the area for a long time. And so so, tell us a little bit more about the history, because I know the economic transformation part, that's been that's been central since the beginning, but the, I guess the how has has changed over the years. So tell us a little bit about about
1: IALR since the beginning. Sure. So IALR was was created in two thousand two. So this year we celebrate twenty years in this in this facility. Mm-hmm. Um, we've grown from one building to five buildings now on our campus, and soon we will uh, break ground on our sixth building. Um, the the institute has has always had a focus on a few areas. Um, applied research, it's in our name, right? Uh, the the Institute for Advanced Learning and Research. Um, we've always had a component of agricultural research that's been a part of the Institute's focus. Um, we, we try to adapt and respond to, um, you know, to what business needs are and what our sector needs are in terms of uh, the agricultural companies and the um, Many many of the farmers' needs and and investors in, in agriculture in the region to be responsive to their needs as the industry changes and continues to to modernize with technology, but we've always had a, a focus there. Um, we've had a long uh, history of of a partnership, healthy relationship with Virginia Tech and that continues today in the controlled environment agriculture space, uh, and really looking at um, how do we responsibly. Grow um, agricultural products, uh, foods, things that we consume, um, in a more healthy way—a way that doesn't use herbicides or pesticides, insecticides, so forth. How do we how do we increase yields by using beneficial bacteria um, that come from plants um, to to increase their their yield and ultimately provide um, really attractive, healthy options for. Agricultural companies, food producers, to use um, not only in this Southern Virginia region, but companies that we're working with. Many of them are uh, national or even global companies that are doing that. So we we continue to have a focus there. Um, we've also always had kind of a an eye towards advanced learning. Our advanced learning team works very closely with many of our K twelve schools in the region and beyond, um, focusing on how do we how do we help create opportunities for um, young people that prepare them for future careers, careers that offer them a better economic outlook than maybe they would have otherwise. And so over the years, they, 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 everything from camps to summer camps to internships to now apprenticeships um, to uh, externships for teachers to, to bring what they what industry is doing. And, in, in you know, they, a teacher might go into an industry during the summer, um, spend some time there learn about what's happening in industry so that they can take that type of experiential learning back into the classroom so that a student might actually um, have a a richer experience learning something because they can understand the application of that. Um, So it's those types of things. Go Tech, I think, is a natural evolution of many of the programs that um, our advanced learning team is involved in, uh, whereby students as early as sixth grade can have exposure to, to nine plus different career fields and a hands-on learning environment that exposes them in ways that help them maybe guide them toward a career of choice by the time they get to be in high school. Um, maybe more importantly than what they m- might want to do, they learn some- certain things that they, maybe they don't want to do, which is a time saver. I know for me, I changed my degree. I mean, I changed my major three times in, <laughs> in college before I figured out what I wanted to major in. Uh, and I just think having an experience like a Tech experience where sixth, seventh and eighth grade, I'm having that hands-on uh, experience to engineering, healthcare, manufacturing, et cetera, um, it would give me a greater, a, a more clearer picture on on where, as a young person, I might want to go in the future. Mm-hmm. And so the advanced learning has been a focus um, since the beginning of IRL's existence, and it continues to be today. Um, naturally, we've broadened our horizon to now include a totally new division that was created in 2018 called the Manufacturing Advancement Division. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually our largest to date and the fastest growing um, due to some partnerships we have there um, new re- relationships with the department of defense, United States department of defense and the Navy um, have really yielded some positive results and recognition um, for the team uh, for ILR. And similarly, some new construction that's taking place on campus, some new training opportunities, short-term training opportunities to place people in jobs, um, to, to help build components for submarines. If you think about in four months, I can go from having a high school diploma or a GED to um, training here at no cost. And then having a job that pays me very well coming out on the back end, um, building components for submarines for companies anywhere in the United States, practically. Um, that's a remarkable opportunity and an opportunity to transform uh, the life of, of a resident in our region uh, and, and to provide an opportunity for them to contribute to our country's defense um, without having to enlist in the military. I think that's just a that's a so when you think about all of the different programs that we're doing here, our ability to to respond and to, to be nimble enough to take on um, these very disparate programs that exist, but all under this umbrella of economic transformation. It's what wakes me up and gets me excited every day, um, and it's no two days are alike. And uh, I, I just feel like the future is so bright for not only for ILR, but for this region and for Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no,
0: and as, as you said, you use the word disparate. I mean, I, that's the as as I've worked here and tried to wrap my head around it all. That there have been many times where I'm like, how are all of these things under the same roof? You know, that that doesn't make sense, but. It all does go back to that that idea of these all contribute to economic growth and economic transformation. And that's that's the point. So you've as as you said earlier, you know, you've been here about one year now. So tell me a little bit, you know, what what have you learned so far? What have been you know, what have been some of the biggest accomplishments in the last year, biggest growth moments, and then even moving forward, I mean, what are what are some of the opportunities you see, you know, what what are some of the opportunities and challenges you see ahead?
1: Uh so in my first year, I think one of the one of the critical things from a mission standpoint that I wanted to do, I wanted to hear directly from the board of trustees. Or We have a 15-member board of trustees who just recently passed about a five-year strategic plan to help guide the organization in alignment with its mission. Um, I've been very focused in trying to create a collaborative environment within the Institute that supports that strategic mission. So um, our employees often laugh and joke about um, being prepared to, to recite the, the, the mission statement when telly comes by you in the hallway. Um, I do that for a couple of reasons, but primarily because I want everybody to understand the mission and I want everybody to understand how the work that they do day in day out contributes to the fulfillment of that mission and mm-hmm. just keep it present in mind all the time. Um, so, it's so very proud of, of of continuing to to guide the organization in that way. Um, one thing that I didn't mention earlier: relationships are so important. We are collaborators by nature. Very little of what we do we do independently. The 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 magic, if you will, between what what inside these walls is our partners, is our relationships, and we collaborate. So, in order to do that, we have to have. Uh, an organization that's collaborative in nature. And so each, even though we have five divisions, which focus on very different areas, our um, proverbial Venn diagrams overlap and there are opportunities for each of our teams to work together to help each other achieve their goals. So I am I, um, very proud of that. And then um, lastly, I think uh, I'll mention just, we had to, we're in a process of reorganization and we're in a process of growth. Um, One of the things I'm I'm proud of is putting together an executive leadership team, adding a little bit more structure around that um, to support a rapidly growing organization. So we've added two executive vice presidents to help with the management load of that. Um, We have um, we have one executive vice president of. Of operations, Doctor John Hughes. He's only been here for two weeks, and then we have another executive vice president for manufacturing advancement, Todd Yates. He joined in October of last year. Um, both of them have hit the ground running in terms of man- managing um, teams, projects, and so forth to make sure that they're as seamless as possible. As as any business leader or CEO or manager will tell you, uh, sometimes the 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 pain of managing growth can be just as painful as as, uh, the management of, 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 an entity that's not doing well. And there is a, such a thing as growing too quickly. And so we, we keep an eye toward trying to, um, trying to be preemptive in terms of setting up organizational structure that continues to fuel responsible growth, um, that we develop leaders that we develop succession planning, um, that we have, um, organizational checks and balances in place that reduce the risk associated with with uh, managing a rapidly growing organization. So these are all things in my first year that I've, I've really focused on um, going forward. Some of the things that I will continue to focus on is to be more uh, outwardly facing in terms of community engaging. I want everyone in the community to understand what opportunities are available to them at the Institute. I want them to feel like the Institute is our institute. I want them to speak of it in the first person as if this is a community-owned asset that everybody should be proud of and everybody should want to take part in and take advantage of these opportunities. So just some of the efforts that we have endeavored upon in the past year that I'm really proud of. We have now opened our Center for Manufacturing Advancement. Um, this was completed. We actually, it was uh, the governor cut the ribbon in October and we received our um, final certificate of occupancy just recently. That facility was was built and funded by the Commonwealth of Virginia to really keep an eye towards how do we how do we help manufacturers introduce new and emerging technology into their processes. Mm-hmm. It's a safe space for companies where maybe they can't stop producing widgets in their their uh, factories, but they can come under a roof like the Center for Manufacturing Advancement, and they can really look at. Are there new ways to drive technology in my business to make my business more more profitable, more efficient, more mm-hmm. effective that prepares these companies in our region to continue to thrive and to be successful? Um, we don't want our companies to become extinct because they haven't kept up with the, the latest and greatest technology. So we see part of our role is helping, helping them stay ahead of the curve on, on technological advances to do that. The partners like the U.S. Navy saw what we were doing. They see how important this is, not only to to manufacturers and the prospects that we're trying to attract to this region, but they also have the same needs in terms of our defense. And so they decided to locate and name the, um, their United States Additive Manufacturing Center of Excellence. Um, we call it the COE for short. They named that right here inside the Center for Manufacturing Advancement on our campus. Um, that's a national... Um, recognition, that's a national program. It's the Navy's only Center of Excellence, and they decided to place it here in Danville, Virginia, on the campus of the Institute. That's a really huge deal because of the confidence that they have in the workforce development and the technology development that's here. And and by way of them naming that, we've already added three new companies to to the campus, um, to the cyber park, um, Phillips Corporation, Industrial Inspection and Analysis, and Austin USA uh, as the prime contractor um, for for this project that we're working on in in collaboration with the Navy. They are all new new to Virginia, new to um, to Southern Virginia, certainly new to Danville. Their wages that they're paying are very attractive, more than twice the average prevailing wage uh, for this region, and that's part of the the economic development. Didn't talk much about economic development in terms of what we do here under our roof. But that's a big part of it as well. Linda Green leads the, the economic development team to attract new companies here and to help existing companies grow. So I'm really proud of the, the work that, that the entire region has, continues to see here. Um, my goal is that we have economic growth in every part of this region. We've seen growth in Patrick County. Uh, we've seen growth with Hyperionics in Halifax County. Uh, we've seen growth even in Danville, Pennsylvania County. And certainly uh, Martinsville, Henry County have had their share of success as well. So anything that we can do to help catalyze that, to be a part of that, to help support that growth, um, these are all things that I'm, I'm really proud of that, that we've been a part of over the first year that I've been here.
0: And, yeah, you mentioned, you know, economic development. I'm sure, as, as with, with many of these topics, we'll get more into depth in that. That's its whole – that deserves its whole own – Podcast of what is economic development? How does that work? What does that look like? But as you said in summary, you know, basically, you know, our team is is working with other partners to try to attract new companies to come here, uh, encourage existing companies to expand, and, and and retain those that are already here. I mean, that's it's been a busy year, and as you said, you know, we're we're growing fast. A lot of different, a lot of different programs that are that are growing. A lot of different or, or new new programs that we're adding. And again, going all back to that mission of driving economic transformation and. And as as you mentioned earlier, you know, we we rarely we rarely work alone. Almost all of this work is in collaboration with at least one other entity, if not many. Um, so I think that's that's what's really cool is that, you know, these are all all partnerships. It's not just we're the, the people on the hill that that do everything, you know, we're the people on the hill that bring other organizations together to drive that change. But I mean that's that's pretty much the the questions that I had for you today. You know, I'm looking forward to to sort of shining a light on a lot of these different programs, these initiatives and, and the people making it happen through, through this podcast and in future episodes. But I mean, is, is there anything else that that you would want to add or think it's important that people understand? I, I don't have
1: anything else I want to add for today. I, I know over the series of these podcasts, you'll you'll dive a lot deeper into um, the actual programs and help people understand. I just, I just want to communicate to, um, you know, to to the audience that there, there's an opportunity for everyone Everyone in this, in this region, in the city, in this county, in this Southern Virginia region, it, it's about helping people connect with those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're going to endeavor to, to take folks by the hand and lead them to these opportunities that are available. Our um, success for me is when I see um, someone who, who takes advantage of an opportunity here um which helps propel them into a career where they're now able to to provide for their family in a different way they haven't been able to. They they have access to a job. Um is this the assets that are here and the opportunities that are here on our campus can can change and transform generations of families. And I want I want all of our listeners to understand that. Get involved, get plugged in. Um, I know it takes a little bit of effort to 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 maybe step outside of your comfort zone. And to, to, to come into an opportunity that maybe you're not sure where to start. But we will meet you halfway. We'll help <laughs> you hold your hand, get you through it, and set you up for success. That's part of our job as the Institute. And and we've got a tremendous group of, of leaders within this organization um, who care. They're so passionate about the community. They're here because they want to do what's best for people in this community. So encourage for our listeners. Encourage others to check out the Institute, check out the programs that are here, come by and see us or give us a call. We'll come to you and we'll talk you through what opportunities we have that might be right for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know we offer, I've been, been learning how to give tours. So we offer tours of the
0: facility where you can get a high level overview of, you know, more of those programs in our facilities and, and how you can get involved. So, Telly, thanks for being here today. I really appreciate that. Thanks, Caleb. Megabytes, ILR's on-site cafe, features everyday favorites, convenient ordering options, and an eager staff ready to welcome and serve you. Our enticing menus offer something for everyone from a fresh, well-stocked salad bar, wraps, sandwiches, and our rotating hot buffet offered on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Megabytes is open Monday through Friday from 9.15 a.m. until 1.30 p.m. To view menus and for more information, visit
1: ilr.org slash megabytes.